gentlemen and my non-binary friends after like what is it two months welcome back to mythology breakdown the podcast where two people who know nothing about mythology teach you about mythology we're so excited to be back we're so sorry we were gone for so long we did not plan to take that hiatus. I was having a really tough time with college, and I was like, I need two weeks, and that was our little news post that we made. And then two weeks turned into two months. We're trying to buy a house. Tony just switched jobs, and um, we both work in the restaurant industry now, and both of us are working lots of hours a week so we finally managed to find some time to record and let me tell you i think we got a pretty good episode oh yeah coming at you oh yeah it's not gonna be something super over the top crazy like oh hey guess what we're back but i mean hey we're back but we're back um so real quick before we get started um i did get the official tourette's diagnosis i don't think i've stated that on here nope so i have tourette's um if you are sensitive to ticks or um loud noises or anything like that we just ask that you be a little bit cautious um especially to my video viewers because we finally got video working in this break i i'm, I'm actually gonna show all the video people uh Oh, our messy background? No, it's not going to pick up the background. Uh, no, so I built a PC, and Cece hates me for it, but you know I what? I don't hate you for That's it. That's fine. Uh, so I built a brand new PC. Everything is all up and running. Uh, we've been able to basically mess around with everything, make everything perfect. Yes, and my video people can also probably see the fact that we're both probably a little bit sweaty. It is Oh, it's hot, hot. in here. <laughs> we are from Washington, and we are in the middle of, like, I don't even know, a drought. It hasn't yeah. rained for over a month here, and none of us know what to do with ourselves. And so we're both hot. You can probably hear our dog panting in the background. We're in her room. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. I offered um, to take our setup out into the living room, but Cece told me, no, that's too much work. It is too much work. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other news, welcome back. Just welcome back. We're so glad to just be doing this. Yes. So, now that we are now three minutes into it, or longer, depending on which one you're watching, uh... Cece already let off one trigger warning. I am going to be talking about a little bit of incest today, so incest warning. That was from our cat. No, that wasn't even from a cat. Oh. That's a spell. It's my notes. Oh, nice. Uh, but I'm going to be talking about incest, and uh, there's probably going to be a little bit of cursing in this. We try to keep it PG, try to keep it family friendly, but I don't know how well that's going to work. Yeah. So, Tony, do you want to start us off? I would love to. So, today what are we're we talking about this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We're It's been 52 days. It's yeah, okay. it's been a long time since we've recorded together. All right. It's going to take us a second to find our flow again. Oh, yeah. I mean, I found it. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I stream now. I've, I have a flow all the time. Uh, so, do you want to shout out your stream really quick? I mean, sure. It's just uh, Tony on the trombone over on Twitch. Uh, I haven't updated all my cool little stuff yet, but I'm going to one of these one of these days. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Egyptian mythology. We are heading back into Egyptian territory. I realize that we haven't really talked about them much. 
I think we only did, what, two episodes on them? I think so. We haven't done a ton Yeah, we them. did this special episode on, like, a special per- each person episode. Speaking of special episodes. Uh, let's, let... Stay tuned at the end. Stay tuned till the end. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but Plot I'm not... twist, it has to do with a special episode. Yeah, really. I had no idea. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about Bess and Isis. Who are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about... Th- Oh, God. Is it Thoth? Thoth? Thoth. It's Thoth. <laughs> He's lost in the Thoth. <laughs> okay. So, I don't have a lot on Bess, because there's actually not a lot on Bess. Uh, Bess was a nasty dwarf god whose frightful appearance served to banish evil spirits. Yeah, who's a dwarf. Uh, his name likely came from the Beans. ancient Egyptian verb besa, or to protect. Mm-hmm. That's something cool that I did find. Uh, Bess's exact identity. <laughs> she just growled or hissed and flipped off the camera. So you two people, you're welcome. Tony, we're gonna have to edit all the no. all those video takes. That, no, we'll put them at the end. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, but Bess's exact identity, like that of many other ancient Egyptian gods and goddesses, was highly fluid. Me too. Uh, and it was subject to a great deal of variation and combinations with other deities. So, just like Amun-Ra. Uh, he was often t- treated as a defensive, combative aspect of Amun-Ra. Hmm, because, yeah, when we talked about... I think we talked about Ra, and we talked about how Ra is every single Egyptian deity in some forms of myths. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think I talk about raw at all in mine, but that's something interesting that we'll have to do an episode on later on. Yeah, like a full deep dive into what what the raw actually is. Of Ra's identities. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he guarded his worshippers against the forces of chaos mm-hmm. in potentially all circumstances, he was an especially keen yes. protector of children and of women during childbirth. Although he had no formal temples that are that we are aware of, he was the recipient of a great deal of popular devotion. Uh, in visual art, Bess was depicted in countless different forms, all of which were quite unsettling. But his dominant form seems to have been a dwarf lion. Beans. A dwarf lion. Keep, keep that in mind. Rearing up on its hind legs, or a humanoid dwarf with the mane and tail of a lion. Interesting. Could you just imagine a, a like- child-sized man... With, with like uh, the a main, yeah, uh, the main of a lion and the tail of a lion. A, That's a terrifyingly, like it's it, a dwarf furry. It, oh my god! <sighs> All right, I quit. Goodbye. <laughs> Two okay, days. Yeah. We're finally back, and Tony quits within <laughs> seven minutes. Uh, yeah, uh, just under eight. Uh, basically, I mean. He was a humanoid dwarf with the mane and tail of a lion, as well as a big shaggy beard with an outstretched tongue. You know, that is bringing me back to something from, like, Celtic mythology. There is something in European mythology where there's a dwarf with a really shaggy mane and a forked tongue... It's probably some German monster, let's be honest. 
Why does it have to be German, CC? Because have you read any German mythology? No. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Well, while you're thinking of that, he often had a large belly and breasts, which were likely allusions to him being a protector of pregnant women. Hmm. So once again, this big fat little dwarf with a lion mane and a lion tail. I'm gonna try with and find a big boobs and like a massive belly. I'm gonna try and find a picture of the creature that I'm thinking of in my head, and we'll post it next to what he actually looks like okay. in the, on Instagram. Yeah, and in the YouTube, if Tony can figure out how to put pictures in, I'll try it out. Uh, best of symbols were lions, knives, bells, and drums. Interesting. And I have a little note right here that says, I was unable to find any stories or myths about bets. Adlib. Smiley face. Why is your smiley face green? I be, I changed the colors of my screen. <laughs> my... The, the thing we use is called Audacity, and it used to be blue, and now it's purple, and Cece hates it. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about why the smiley face is green. And then my smiley face is green. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's best. Nothing special about him, except for, you know, he used to protect children and mothers, but that was it. Well, I got a little bit more information on Thoth. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm going to take on over. <laughs> please, God, please do. So Thoth is the Egyptian god of writing, magic, wisdom, and the moon. And all of those aspects have, like, I mean, obviously all the gods they have are the gods of something right but like most of the time they'll have like random things that really we don't see a lot in mythology but all four of these things they're very important to who thoth was or is and how he worked so there's a couple different creation stories for him one of them is that he is the bird that birthed or he is the thing that birthed the world egg okay um by self-creation or that he came from the forehead of set because of the seed of horus so basically another zeus like spinoff not exactly from what i'm understanding understood I'm like the seed of Horus. Yes, I and understand Seth's forehead. semen inside of Seth's forehead. No, I, on I understand his forehead. what. That's what I understood anyway. Just on it. Yeah, that's what I. I, I could be very. I hope I'm misunderstanding Ugh. that. God. Um. Trigger warning times two over here, man. <laughs> but something interesting is that since Seth and Horus represent chaos and order. Um, Thoth, rep or Thoth represents balance and um, equilibrium. He's like the god of equilibrium. Okay. And this is really important because of what he does, which we'll talk about later. What his role in the Egyptian world was is super interesting. Hmm. Um, his wife is most commonly known as Ma'at. Ma'at, yes. Ma'at. Um... Which, who was the goddess of divine balance, and you can kind of see how divine balance and equilibrium work together. He also is known to be in contact with the concept of divine balance, like just in general. Hmm. So it 
obviously you're able to make the connection between that connection and then his connection to Ma'at, but it's I don't think it's ever quite confirmed that Ma'at is his wife. It's just, in some versions of the stories, she is. Right. Um, she's, he's also associated with the goddess Nihamatawi, which stands for she who embraces those in need. That's weird. Yeah. I like it. But I really, I really like your name, Nihamatawi. Tawi. Nihamatawi. Hmm. It's I'm 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 going to have to look her up because I'm really interested in her. So there are other forms of his names. We have Aon, A apostrophe A N, who would preside over the judgment of the dead with Osiris. And this is what I was talking about earlier. How his equilibrium, um, and his divine balance and his knowledge and general even attitude. He's pretty neutral. Right. He would counsel the dead. Like, if the dead were nervous about passing the final death test, he would coach them and work with them. <laughs> and all they had to do was call upon him. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Um, so that was one, one of his forms. He also had forms called, and I'm going to apologize because I did not look up how to pronounce these names. Oh, back Jehuti? back to Cece's old tent. Ta- uh, Yehuti, D-J-E-H-U-T-Y, Jehuti, Tahuti, Zihuti, Teku, Tetu, and Lord of Kamuna. All right. And I apologize if I pronounce any of those names wrong. Um, Kim. Kemenu, Lord of Kemen, however, whatever that one is, is actually a place that is what? Nothing. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> whatever that is. I'm terrible. <laughs> is one of the main hubbubs of him, Thoth, you know, right. one of his cities. And a, a super interesting fact is that a lot of people would be like, oh, He's obviously compared to Apollo, the moon god, like, Apollo because of the moon and the sun and his relationship with that, but actually Hermes is the one most directly related to, um, Thoth, and there's actually a version of Hermes' name, and it's like, it translates to Hermes the Thrice, Thrice Thoth or something like that. Hmm. It means, it, like, they're in direct relationship. Like, Hermopolis is a big Thoth city, same, like, with Hermes and stuff like that. And it's because Thoth is so old. Like, we've talked about a lot of gods that have been worshipped for a long time. Right. Thoth is the, one of the oldest of all of them around the whole world. And his, um, what's it called? Worship lasted the longest out of just about any other god. Damn. It lasted from approximately 6,000 to 3,100 BC all the way until 323 to 30 BC. So that's like upwards of 6,000 years. Damn. 6,000 years. Do you know how crazy that is? That's, wow. Yeah. Um, so... The other wife, consort, slash daughter, whatever her relationship is to him. The last person is Seshat, or Seshat. 
I don't know how you pronounce it because I'm terrible at this. I, yeah, I don't know how But either. she's the goddess of writing, the keeper of books, the matron goddess of librarians and libraries. And you can kind of see the relation there as well between wisdom and the libraries. And I talk a little bit later about how um, there's really important stuff when it comes to scribes and Thoth. I mean, he's the god of knowledge. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched, like, Crash Course History Mythology. Did you ever, have you watched any of that? Kind of. Well, the people that do that series on YouTube, Thoth is kind of their Thought Bubble character. They, hmm. I don't know if you ever watched Crash Course at all. Crash. Crash Course. Crash Course. Crash Course. At all, but normally there's a little character in it, Thoth, and it's just interesting. Nice. Um, so... Thoth has the head of an ibis. Do you know what an ibis is? No. It's a bird. It's, like, a bird that was, like, worshipped. It was a sacred bird. And he had the head of an ibis. Long break. <laughs> I I didn't write down this fact until later, and I forgot about it. Tony will edit this because he's good. Um... He, his other most basic, um, iteration, what he looked like, depiction, depiction, that's what I'm looking for. His other most common depiction is that of a baboon with a lunar disc over his head. And I mean, there are some really cool pictures of, the, of an ibis and a baboon together. I'll have to post one, I'll post one of those on Instagram as well at Mythology Breakdown Pod. Yeah. Remembered. I did. I remembered. It's been 52 days since I've had to say it, but I remember. I'm so proud of you. Um, So, one of the coolest things about Thoth, you know I like reading and writing and the the words. Thoth is the creator of the written language, according to the Egyptian mythology. Hmm. Like, he was the one that, like, not only did he create writing he also created like the calendar he created time he created like just basically society and if you think about how old this this is and how long ago this happened and how civilizations have changed since then it is so interesting that one of these oldest gods is you know known for so much of these modern thoughts such as calendars and times and i know that calendars are a new thought but I mean, still, it's a long time to be thinking about, oh, yeah. a, you know, I'm measuring an amount of time. I mean, time is a crazy concept if you don't just know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's the record keeper of the gods, and he also keeps record of humanity. He writes down what everyone does in their life, and... That's how he's able to coach people in the afterlife. Um, he tracks days and he numbers years. Um, and in the afterlife, he also works with Osiris and Anubis. And he writes accounts of the soul's life, like I said. And he records the weight of the heart versus the feather of truth. You know that? Yeah. Um, and I also learned that it's Mots or Mots, whatever. Oh, my God. Ma'at. I'm awful. Ma'at. Ma'at. There you go. Feather of truth. So his wife's feather versus the human heart. And if you don't know what that ritual 
means basically the heavier your heart was the, the less pure you were yeah like the guiltier you yeah, were the guiltier you were it only a guiltless person or a truth-telling person would make it into paradise which i thought i wrote down but it doesn't look like i did which makes me so sad <sighs> i know i'm awful i'm awful 52 days and one damn thing has not changed <laughs> at all at all um but because of this ritual that he does with the weighing of the heart and the feather it gives him a reputation of truth and integrity which is super interesting, and, hmm. you know, he's just an all-around good guy. Like, I feel like a lot of the gods that we've talked about have just been, like, kind of terrible people, but Thoth just seems like an all-around good guy. Like, he lives in a mansion in the underworld called the Mansion of Thoth, and that's a house of safety where a- people traveling in the afterlife can come to him and learn magic spells and learn how to, you know, lighten their heart, essentially. Hmm. And... Like, he would let people stay with him, and he created, or he wrote down 42, supposedly, according to legend, he wrote down 42 books that contained all the answers to life, death, and the secrets of the earth. Dang. Um, it said that in these books, he, cre- he has the, like, funerary spells written, he's the creator of, you know, he's just, he's a cool dude. <laughs> I think I found my new favorite. Yeah. All right. Um, Let me get you a little statue of Thoth. Yeah. Yeah. So these um, these 42 books that I mentioned, they're mentioned a lot in mythology-based movies. Like The Book of the Dead. Yep. Thoth wrote it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's what I'm talking about. I mean... And there have been actual findings of, like, manuscripts of Thoth, and there's a whole other side to Thoth and, like, the media and the writings that I didn't go into because I feel like I want to make a whole episode about that, and I didn't want to get too deep into it now because we still have Isis to go through, and Isis is the biggest, baddest Egypt goddess. Yeah. I love her. I, uh, almost have two and a half full pages of notes for Isis. So, um, like I said, he created the written language, he created the art of writing, the calendar, and he also controlled space and time. He was Dr. Strange up in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He also replaced Ra or Re in the sky at night as the moon. So, like, Ra would go through the sky during the day, and, and at Thoth night would, go would come night. out at night because yeah. that is why he's the god of the moon. See, I, I, I told you all of these little pieces, they kind of fit together huh. to make up like the main aspects of him. Um, another interesting fact is that Thoth is actually the Greek version of his name. Hmm. His actual name is the one that I mentioned earlier that I couldn't pronounce, the Jehuti or the D-J-U-H-E-T-Y, or whatever it is. Okay. But that's what his actual name is in Egypt. But Thoth apparently just stuck. I don't know. We all know that mythology is pretty much a melting pot of civilizations taken from each other. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, literally that. 
Okay. Page flip. So another one of his names, which is, I mean, it, it explains why he controls time and stuff, is the Reckoner of Time and of Seasons, hmm. which is interesting. Um, so uh, I could not find names for these children, but Ma and Thoth had eight children, including Ammon, which I, is another Egyptian god, and I can't remember what he's the Egyptian god of. Okay. I'm terrible. It's okay. And then the last little fun fact that I found is that tarot sets, you know what, you know, tarot cards? Yeah. Um, they're sometimes referred to as books of Thoth. Huh. So there's a supposed origin for tarot cards. It's actually pretty cool. And that's what I had. I think that it's probably time to take a little bit of a break. Yes. I need something to drink. Yes. So like some yeah. water. It's hot in here. As it you can is. see. Yeah, you can see the sweat on our faces. As you can see, that is not That's gross. tears of love. <laughs> okay, we're going to take right, a break. We'll see you guys we'll in be back. Welcome back to Mythology Breakdown. So, I... We come bearing sad, sad news. <laughs> we quit. I'm kidding. No. Uh, our video didn't save correctly. So we don't have video. So, hey, cool. No more. No YouTube for now. Woo! Yeah. Um, One day we'll figure it out. Today is not that day. Yeah, I'm not very technically inclined. It took me three hours to build my PC. <clears throat> even with YouTube help. Um, so, yeah. Next time... Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Uh, next, there we go, I'm going to be talking about Isis. Isis was an ancient... Wow, I can't speak. Whew. Isis was an ancient Egyptian goddess renowned for her skill in magic and the depth of her love for those in her care. Aww. Right? So sweet. Except there's a story that I'm going to be telling you guys later. It's not very sweet. She was exceptionally wise in the sense that she understood other beings and their motivations better than they themselves did. Uh, and she was exceptionally cunning in that she put this understanding to use in ingenious plots to benefit those who flav- who f Wow. Oh boy. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Uh, those she favored. <laughs> and to foil the plans of their enemies. Uh, the beanstick came the back, by the way. Uh, the beanstick left and came back in the time that we took to right. come back. Uh, her formidable knowledge of and proficiency, profi no, proficiency in, I can speak, I swear to God, uh, the arts of magic were most often directed toward protecting and healing. So she protected, healed, and loved all the people that she loved. What an amazing person cool awesome amazing dude girl she's a girl isis had particularly strong associations with the roles in which most upstanding ancient egyptian women found themselves over the course of their lives a devoted wife a mother and eventually a widow she was therefore something of a model of the ancient egyptian ideal of femininity femininity, femininity. uh she was also a prominent fertility goddess 
The tears of grief she shed over the loss of her husband, Osiris, were often said to be the cause of the annual floods of the Nile River, which we did talk about that a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, which nourished the floodplains which, with the rich silt that enabled agriculture to flourish in a land that was otherwise an empty and seemingly endless desert. So she helped Egypt because her husband died. See? As all great rulers do. Exactly. See, she's such an amazing person. <clears throat> I just want to keep reiterating that until I get to the story that I'm going to tell you. Uh, Isis's role in Egyptian mythological tales is my next section. Uh, in ancient Egyptian creation narratives, Isis was the daughter of the earth god Geb and the sky goddess Nut. Or Newt. I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out yet. We did do that one. Did, did we do Nut? Oh god. That must have been a fun episode. I forgot about that episode. Uh, she no, had... we did it on the Patreon episode. Oh yeah. Nut. Uh, she had two brothers, Osiris and Seth, and a sister, Nephthys. Osiris and Isis were twins, and some accounts stated that they embraced each other while still in Nut's womb. This presaged their future relationship <laughs> and abiding passion for each other. Do what? You think the, do you think the recorder just caught me dropping, dropping your ice? ice back? At, yeah, probably. Uh, in time, the rulership of the gods was handed down from Geb to Osiris, who reigned with Isis Beans. as his queen. So keep that in mind, okay? They're twins. Mm-hmm. They're married. Mm-hmm. Just keeping that in mind. However, Seth grew jealous of his brother's exalted position, murdered him, Beans. and usurped the throne. Yeah, we told this whole story in exactly. our Osiris episode. Right. Uh, Seth cut Osiris' body into pieces then, that then were scattered over the entire land of Egypt. Isis was devastated and set out to find the various parts of her husband's corpse. So yeah, we did tell the story. Except we told a different version of the story because the version that we told, remember he got trapped in the tree. Yeah. And he was just in one piece. Was he in pieces? Mm-hmm. No. No, he was then in was one piece in the other story. Yeah. I think he got cut into pieces. I don't think he got cut into pieces. In, At least in the story that we read. Yeah, in the story he did. Uh, when she had located all of them, she reattached them together. With her magical abilities, she resuscitated Osiris to some degree. Even she was unable to restore him fully to life. But the partial revival was sufficient for Osiris to father a son with her before dying for good. And in notes, here's the cursing. First incest and now necrophilia. What the fuck? <laughs> well, technically he was partially alive. It's still necrophilia. He just wanted to do the do with the zombie, bro. Oh my bro. god. <sighs> Anyways, Isis raised her son, the falcon god Horus, in secret as to protect Seth from harming him. I saved it. When Horus had grown to adulthood, he publicly challenged Seth's right to rule, claiming that only he, as a son of Osiris, deserves that position. So we we talked about yep. this as well. Um, Beans! There's... Nice. Uh, popular religion is my next tab. So over time, Isis's role in r relation to the king trickled down into popular religion as well. Eventually, she became the personal guardian, helper, and healer of any and all of her worshippers, regardless of social class. 
So she was, like, goddess of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about how she was, like, pretty much the actual leader of Egypt. Yeah. Uh, it was thought that her devotees were among her favorite ones, and devotion to Isis was, as a result, quite popular. People wanted to benefit from her powers of healing and protection. Even death couldn't separate her worshippers from her. Uh, she watched over them even after they left the world of the living for the underworld. Hmm. Now, basically, she was humbled and was only seen as a vaguely defined goddess whose roles were mostly limited to being the consort of Osiris. At first, she, her, wow, this is why I don't go off script. Her own popularity grew tremendously, uh, as did her theological and cultic independence and the depth and complexity of her character. She absorbed the characteristics of many other goddesses along the way, and eventually her cult outgrew and eclipsed even that of Osiris. Her worshippers could even be found in such places as England, Iraq, and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. So they had a very, very, very big hold on religion everywhere. Yeah. Uh, in Egypt and throughout the Roman Empire, Isis's worship survived until at least the 6th century A.D., long after Christianity had become the official religion of the empire and devotion to the pre-Christian gods were made illegal. So that was a long-ass time. That th- that right there is like, what, 6th century? So that's 600 years AD? 6th century would be... A century is 100 years. It'd be the year 700. Oh, yeah, the year 700. But... Just like Thoth, she's one of the oldest gods or goddesses. Because Egypt is ancient. Yeah, oh, Egypt, oh, Egypt is Literally. ancient. Literally. So, the last thing that I have to talk about personally is Isis's symbols. So, there's quite a few, of course, because she had a very f- big following. Uh, the animals that she symbolized are a sparrowhawker, kite, crocodile, scorpion, crab, snake, and a goose. Interesting that it's a snake when you have set. Mm-hmm. I thought his was also a snake. Yeah, so from what I saw doing research, I noticed that a lot of the Egyptian gods, because in different view sets they can be seen as monotheistic and not polytheistic, that a lot of them have intertwining symbols or symbol like symbolisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, plants, uh, cedar, corn, tamarisk, flax, wheat, barley, grapes, lotus, balsam, and trees. Did you look up what tamarisk is? I did not. But I know what balsam is. Balsamic vinegar. Balsamic vinegar. Uh, well, then what the heck is balsam? It's a tr- it's base. it's a plant. Dingleberry. <laughs> Thanks, Tony! <laughs> yeah, it's a plant. Uh... I don't know what actual balsam is. I don't either. Uh, gems and metals are silver, gold, ebony, ivory, obsidian, lapis lazuli, and scarabs. Lapis lazuli. Mm-hmm. And then colors are silver, gold, black, red, cobalt blue. Not just regular blue, cobalt blue, and green. <laughs> the looks he just gave me. Yeah, it's not just regular blue. It has to be you can't specifically even see blue. You don't even know cobalt what cobalt blue. blue looks like. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm blind. I'm colorblind. 
I actually didn't know that was purple until Cece said something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, So, like I said, this episode isn't going to be crazy. We're at the 36-minute mark. Not a super long episode, but, I mean, we did the best that we could for, you know, 52 days later. We're still working a lot. Yeah. We just managed to find some time to release an episode. Oh, yeah. We will be having... um, a special episode coming out on our Patreon. Yes, uh, I we plan on actually recording that sometime tonight. Hopefully. And. But, um, as we all know, Marvel's been re- releasing a lot of content lately. Yes. And um, me and Tony have decided that our Patreon is going to be kind of the place where we break at down the mythology of Marvel. And we are going to start with Loki. What our goal is, is to look at Marvel and find the themes from mythology that it draws from, because it's like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, for sure. Especially in a comic book world like myth- like Marvel, where you have a very heavily Norse mythology, you have um, Hindu practices, I think. Hindu practices and Egyptian mythology. Uh, in Civil War, little spoiler, really quick... Uh, to our special stupid stuff that we're going to be doing over on our Patreon. I call it stupid because we're going to be idiots the entire time. It's fun. Uh, In Civil War, when Natasha is talking to uh, uh, T'Challa, he literally talks about the Egyptian gods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of mythology in Marvel, and... If you want to get access to all of those episodes as they come out, you can find us on Patreon at Mythology Breakdown Pod. I think so. Or Mythology. I think it's just Mythology Breakdown. It, it could be one or the other. We I'm suck not sure. at this, guys. It's been 52 days. <laughs> uh, you can also find us over on TikTok at Mythology underscore Breakdown underscore Pod. Which, I mean, I haven't been active on TikTok in like 52 days. Literally, so. <laughs> literally, yeah. Since we released that news episode, we've... I've kind of been off all social media. We took a little, I took a little break from yeah. social media. <sighs> uh, you can still find us on Facebook. Uh, we yep. did just have a of a new follower, even though we haven't done anything in two months. Yeah, you can uh, find us at Mythology Breakdown, the podcast, or our Facebook group, where you know it's just a place where you can come and we can talk with you guys. Um, when we start getting more followers on there and more community on there, we would love to have discussion posts and stuff like that. Really, we really want to get to know you guys. If you want to send us your personal favorite mythology stories, you can do that at... Oh, God. Uh, mythologybreakdownpod at gmail.com. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, and we have a Twitter at mythbreakdown, yes, I think. Yes, at mythbreakdown. At Myth Breakdown. And um, there I post fun facts. And yeah, basically, anywhere, just Mythology Breakdown. If you type that in your little search bar, we should pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now officially on iHeartRadio. We are. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Radio. Podcasts. And if you guys would could very so lovely leave us some reviews on there we want to hear your feedback what are we doing great what are we doing not so great 
Do you I mean, want me to turn up my mic volume? Do you want me to stop yelling? That This is your opportunity to tell us why we suck. Exactly. I mean, yes. What more opportunity can you ask for? I mean, you can do it anonymously, too, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Um, This has been a great welcome back. Yeah. I'm so excited to get back to doing this every week. Me, too. I got nothing else for today. Uh, other than me plugging my own shit. Like, oh, yeah, Tony wants to plug his own shit. Yeah, so, uh, Tony on the Trombone on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Tony on the Trombone. Uh, of course, I'm a trombone player. Hi. Um, I love that you just waved. Yeah, there's no one here. They heard the slapping of my leg, so everything is fine. Uh, so, yeah, over on Twitch, I stream as often as I can, unless CC is home, and then I don't stream at all, because I love spending time with my wife. Um... <laughs> She's sitting over there staring at me, nodding yes. <laughs> um, in other terms of personal projects, um, if you pop over to my YouTube at CC Phelan, um, I am starting a very discombobulated, disorganized mess called CC's ADHD Variety Hour, in which I take whatever topic I'm hyper focusing on and rant to you guys about my musings and ravings. So, if you want to see kind of how the beads in my brain work, pop on over to YouTube and follow me at CC Feelin'. Um, I haven't released anything in a hot second. Um, I've been too busy to hyper-focus on anything. And plus, whenever I'm home, the PC's mine, so... Yeah. <laughs> so, in other words... I've been Tony. And I've been CC. Have a good night. Beep.